This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is such a a wonderful passage scripture and um, there's no way we can unpack all of it. In fact, I've been reading recently uh, a book called Christ the Eternal Son, W. Tozer. And as with most of Tozer's writings, it's actually a series of his sermons that have been transcribed and edited. And I can't remember how many chapters there are in there, but there were more chapters all just based on this one passage. And you'll probably have noticed that when you watch the Light in the Darkness videos that have been going out, most people are making reference back to uh, John chapter one. Uh, But I want to particularly, you know, last week we talked about that Christmas and the incarnation begins in darkness and how it's this this transition from darkness to light. And it's in darkness that God comes and speaks. And today I just want to ask the question and hopefully begin to answer the question of what is the light? What is the light that we're talking about? And um, we read in verse four there, it says, in him, in Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of men. So we're going to ask, what is the light, and what is the light supposed to do? What's the light come into the world to do? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 1 began, didn't it, with, the, with some reminiscent words, in the beginning. So here's your, here's your first quiz question. Which other book of the Bible begins with the phrase, in the beginning? That's right. It's the book of Genesis. And John, of course, deliberately invoking Genesis here. He wants to show us that, that, that when Christ comes into the world, it's a parallel with when God creates the universe. And what he's saying about us in this, he's not just saying that Jesus at the beginning, although, of course, he was. And he's not just emphasizing Jesus's pre-existence, although, of course, Jesus was pre-existent because he is eternal. He is the eternal son of God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit have existed for all eternity as this triune God. But what John, I think, telling us here is something just and uh, theological criticisms. I think what he's telling us 
is that Jesus, the word of God, was intimately involved in every aspect of the beginning. He was in the beginning. He was in all of it. He was involved in all of it. He played a part in all of it. All things were made through him. The son was the father's conduit. He was the means through which the father brought about creation. We also know that Jesus was the pattern and the template of all that was created. So in Colossians 1.15, it calls him the firstborn of all creation. And when the father thought, when I create, what am I, what am I going to create? What's it going to be like? He looked for inspiration at the son. Not the son S-U-N, the son S-O-N, the eternal son, Jesus. He said, if I was going to, if I was going to create something that, that, that represented him, what would it be like? And the universe is what he created. And all of creation has its source in Jesus. What does John say? In him was life. So the life of Christ is manifest in creation as light. In him was life and that life light of men or of all mankind in the NIV. It says the light of all mankind, the universe, that Jesus comes as the light for every single person. But I think in, the, in, in that translation that we read, he is the light of men. It means that what we think of as light and without light, we would see nothing. Without light, there would be no life because, you know, uh, it's the naturally speaking, it's the, the, the energy from the sun that comes and causes life to exist on the earth. Without light, there would be no knowledge, which is so often used as a metaphor for understanding and meaning. And, and everything that we can think of that light speaks to us is actually speaking to us about the life that in Jesus the eternal son has been continually receiving the life of the father throughout all eternity. That's the relationship between the father and the son. Father and son doesn't imply that the father existed before the scribes. This, this, creation, this kind of creative imparting of life, we call it eternal generation. And describes the relationship between the father and son, this dynamic of, of life. And creation, by definition, has created life. The eternal son, by definition, has uncreated life. What do I mean by that? Creation, the when creation didn't exist. And the life that creation has is something that God created. The life that has is something uncreated that he has received from the Father through all eternity. And so John is taking us in this first chapter of the gospel deep into a mystery. It's isn't it? You know, Matthew uh, describes for us uh, the, the Magi. They were, that's the same place we get the word magician. Uh, they were kind of religious, uh, um, almost kind of wizard types. Um, and uh, they, were, they were searching out knowledge. And uh, so, you know, we get that kind of intellectual um, approach. And Luke tells us about, about the shepherds and it gets very earthy and very real. And that's probably what most of us identify more with the shepherds than the wine. But then John kind of takes us to this deep kind of mystical level. Says, I want to, I want to blow your mind in just a few verses, but you know, there's some great stuff in here to unpack it. And, and, but this whole idea of the parallel between the creation of the universe and Christ coming into the world. 
And, uh, you know, there's a principle in scripture described in 1 Corinthians 15, first the natural and then the spiritual. And the spiritual is the greater reality. And so Christ coming to the world as the, the beginning of a new creation. That's what his resurrection shows. It's the brain of the new creation into the old creation um, is the greater reality. Jesus, when he came as the light of the world, is the reality than all that we can see in this universe. This is real. This isn't some imaginary thing. This isn't a dream. We aren't all kind of, you know, plugged into the matrix. This is this is reality. But there's a greater reality. And that's one of the things for us Christians to to live in is we don't have to be one reality in order to believe another. In fact, the two are very closely related. And God wants us to bring the greater reality, the greater reality of the life of his son, which as believers, we now live by uncreated life. And he wants us to bring that reality into the world. And in creation, uh, just like in the incarnation, the ministry to make known the father so as god is revealing himself in creation or fully reveals himself in the coming of his son and so when jesus comes into the world he comes as the light let there be light is what is to create but he when he says when he sends his son into the world he doesn't just say let there be light he says i'm going to reveal the true nature i'm going to reveal you know all the fullness of god dwelt in him in bodily form he was a full expression of the life of God. It also says this in John 1, doesn't it? Um, it says the true light that illuminates everyone was coming into the world. The true light that illuminates everyone. He lit up creation in a new way that means we can now see the true reality. It calls Jesus the true light, the true light that was coming into the world. It doesn't that. Everything else is false. It's talking about the ultimate, the ultimate revelation that God is going to give us. And all lights point towards the light of Jesus. Jesus, who is the true light of the world, said this in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. And we're going to use that just uh, those those three phrases or those three words uh, as, a, as a simple way to hang three of the things that Jesus or John tells us about Jesus, that uh, what, what it means for, for the light, what the light has come into the world to do. And uh, the first the first one I want to take is from this. It says the light shines in the darkness. John echoes these phrases and these uh, combinations of words throughout his gospel and into his epistles and into the book of Revelation. So we kind of have echoes of John all the way down through the writings of John. Now, we could have gone to other places in the New Testament. We could have seen what Paul and Peter and Luke had to say about these things because they all have things to say. But I love the way that uh, it's almost like John, when he writes this opening chapter, he's leaving lots of little markers that he's going to come and pick up later of how he's going to reveal who Jesus is. And it's like, you know, I know you're not going to get it all from this opening chapter, but don't worry, I've got a lot more to write down that's going to begin to unpack what it means us to be the light of the world, what it means for Jesus to be the true. And so he's the light that shines in the darkness. John picks this up again in John chapter 8, verse 12. And Jesus says, I am out of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
So what does it mean for Jesus to, to, to be the light that shines in the darkness for us? It means this, that we can now walk in a new way. We no longer have to walk in darkness. It puts us on a new path. It gives us a, a, a new quality of life. And that quality is light of life, not just created life, uncreated life, the life of Jesus. That becomes the defining quality of the path that we walk on. Later in the Gospel of John, when Jesus is, is talking to the crowing that he is soon going to leave, he says this about himself. He says, the light is among you. He's talking about himself. The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have it, lest the darkness take you. The one who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. He's making it really, really, I want you to know where you're going in this life and in the life to come. She wants you to have a certainty about your future in this and the other side of the grave. He wants you to know with a certainty that you are walking in light. Do you have confidence? Do you have that certainty? He wants you to have that. He says, that's why I came into the world, to give you a hope and a future. Guarantee that you know where in this life you have in this life. You have a, a you have a, an in this life. You have a way of walking and walking in the light in this life. And importantly, in the age to come, he doesn't want any to be lost for eternity. He's to save you. And Jesus applies this into, um, particularly into the uh, issue of of, uh, behavior. Um, And in 1 John 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, The darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Behavior is important. Walking the right way. Walking Jesus's way. That's the point he is making to them right here. But the promise also comes this way. 1 John 1 verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He comes and shows us the way so that we can walk. I am the way, he says, so that we can walk in it. We can know forgiveness of sin. We can know what it is to live a life forgiven and saved. The second phrase I want us to pick up is this. It says the true light in John 1 verse 9. And in 1 John 2 verse 8, it says the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. I'm just going to pause for a moment and say, Noah, you're here. Can you come? We need some more power in this laptop. Thank you very much. That's my son, by the way. Noah out of the Bible. I'm not expecting him to come down and help us. I'm expecting him to give me some power. Um. 1 John 2, 2, 8, the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. And the true light comes so that we can see the true reality. And one of the things that when we begin to see the true reality, this comes and shows us what the true reality is, what the world is really like, is to understand that we're in darkness. We live in a world of darkness. But in the darkness, the light is present. And the light and the darkness are present at the same time. The sun of the new day of the creation has risen, but the night is still present. You see, the, 
it's just like the early part of the dawning. Light is breaking in and the sun is beginning to rise. The true light shows us the reality of our darkness. It shows us we are marred, we are spoilt by sin and by death. I'm going to pause for just a moment. We've got to switch over the microphones. When Jesus comes in, he shows us the true reality of the world that we live in, that, that, that this world and our lives are spoiled and marred by sin and by death. John 3.19 says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. People love the darkness rather than the light. Light. Look at that. <laughs> it's almost like we know what we're doing, even though we really don't. So the truth is that we live in darkness. The true light light also shows us the reality of God's love. It says this in Romans 8. He who did bear his only son, but gave him up, also graciously give us all things. I prayed that earlier. If he's going to give his son for you, why would anything back? It shows the reality of God's love. That's the true light that Jesus... And the, and the third thing is the true light shows us the reality of God's purpose. Ephesians 1 verse 9 to 10 says this about Jesus, that, uh, that, that what God was doing in him, making known to us the mystery of his will to unite all things in Jesus, things in heaven and on earth. So the true light of Jesus shows us, one, we live in darkness, two, the reality of God's love, and three, it shows us the reality of God's purpose, that you are intended to be included in his purpose. And the third thing that I pull out from John chapter one here is it says the true light gives light to everyone. And that is a universal scope. There is a universal reach of the love of Jesus Christ. We can sometimes feel as Christians like we're a, a bunch of insiders who've been who've seen something that most other people haven't seen. Well, that's true. The light of Jesus comes and we see, we now understand, we understand who Jesus is. We understand who the Father, we understand how the world works. We understand the problem of sin and death. We understand that even though we think we're, we're things are light, we're actually living in darkness outside of Jesus. We understand his, we understand his, we understand why Jesus came, what he wants to do for mankind. And we feel like we're the insiders. And isn't that wonderful? Well, it is a wonderful thing, but here's the thing. The light is intended to illuminate everyone everyone just i want a quick thing here about conspiracy theories i find it disappointing when i find christians who buy into conspiracy theories uh, but it tells me something about their understanding of the purpose of god it tells me they've really not understood the eternal purpose of god because if you'd really understood the eternal purpose of God, you would know that as Christians, we are part of the greatest conspiracy theory that's ever existed. And all other conspiracies are pale editions. Because God is doing something as a universal. He sent his son into the world to completely transform and change the whole of creation. So don't buy into conspiracy theories. But into the truth of the kingdom of God. You see, we are insiders. But the word says 
The light comes to, to everyone. So the truth and light of the gospel is destined to become seen universally. So when we preach the gospel, we're lighting up the world with truth. When we preach the gospel, we're telling the world how the story is. When we preach the gospel, all other perceptions of reality into the shade. And the gospel, the glory of God will be seen. And we're going to go to Revelation, the end of the book, for our final uh, couple of readings here. Revelation 21, Revelation 22. And this is this how John finally talks about the idea of lighting up or lighting up more than the world, lighting up the new creation. And it says this in Revelation 21, 23. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God illuminates it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And 22, verse 5, night will no longer exist, and people will not need lamps, uh, lamplight or sunlight, because the Lord God will give them light. It's talking about how in the, in the new heavens and the new earth, the light that is there, that we won't need a sun, we won't need a lamp, because God himself who is light, will illuminate all things. When death no longer exists, all remains is life. That's the future we're inviting people into when we preach the good news. And so I want to give another plea to say, in this time of darkness, it's a dark time of the year, a very dark year. There's all kinds of things to feel like we're in darkness, but you know what? You and I are the light in that darkness. And when we share the good news, when we draw people to Jesus, we bring the true light into the world. Brothers and sisters, it's time to shine like never before. And God anticipated that and gave us a prophetic promise back in the book of Isaiah. And I want to finish with this. Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 5. Arise, shine, for your light and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will light and kings to the bright of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look at you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and you're carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you and the riches of the nations will come. What is the wealth? What is the riches of the nation? It's people. Those things that are most dear to God. And he says, I shine so that people are drawn to you. And in being drawn to you, they're drawn to Jesus. It's time in the darkness for God's peace to shine. It's time in the darkness for us to be the light of the world. It's time in the darkness to preach the good news, to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Beyond whatever your expectation was before. Arise and shine. Our light has come and God wants it to be known and seen in all the earth. Amen. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.